0: Totally Lit, a monthly podcast celebrating all things words. If you love reading, writing, or creating books and stories, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Kai. Thank you for listening. Welcome to episode two. My guest this episode is the amazing award winning author, Nikki McWatters. Nikki was shortlisted for a Queensland Premier's Literary Award and has published a memoir, One Way or Another, and four young adult novels Sandy Feet, Hexen House, Liberty, and Saga. She won the Irish Moth Award and has written for the Sydney Morning Herald, Huffington Post, UK and The Big Issue. She is currently the spokesperson for the annual Vinnie's CEO Sleepout. Nikki also has a law degree in her bottom drawer somewhere. Hi Nikki, welcome to Totally Lit. Hello and thank you for having me. No problem. I'm very excited to have you with us tonight. I'm excited too. Can you tell us a little about yourself?
1: Um, about me, uh, I always wanted to be a writer, but it took me a really long time to get there. Uh, I think mainly because I didn't, I didn't have the confidence and I tried, dabbled a little bit, but I got rejected and I just ended up pushing it all aside and I did everything from being a house cleaner to a bank teller and then finally doing a law degree, which I hated. And at the That's end a big of it, jump. <laughs> is, I know, yeah, um, and lots of things in between. But when I finished the law degree, I I felt really exhausted and overwhelmed by the amount of work I'd put into it and felt pretty disillusioned because I realised I didn't want to use it. Um, And I said to myself, I'll give myself one year to put that much energy into writing creatively and if nothing happens, nothing at all, I'll go and do the law thing. And it was 11 and a half months later that I got shortlisted for the Queensland Premier's Literary Award in the Emerging Writer category for an unpublished manuscript. So I thought that was a sign. That's (laughs) definitely a sign. (laughs) So I've been working ever since. Of course, I'm not making as much money as I would have perhaps if I'd gone into law, but that's not what it's all about.
0: I think you've got to love what you do. So if this is what you love, it's the right place to be. I agree. I agree. So I want to congratulate you on your newest release, Saga, which was released at the start of this month. Can you tell our listeners about this latest release?
1: Sure. Saga is very close to my heart. It's the third in a series of books, which not they're not, strictly speaking, a trilogy because you can read them as standalone books or in any order. They sort of complement one another and have similar themes, which is the stories of Im- women who fought the good fight throughout history in small and in big ways to you know fight for equality and freedom and to have their voices heard and we never hear about them so I went digging through history to find all these incredible women who just were footnotes and and bring their stories back to life and marry them to a contemporary story to show how similar things that happened in those fights we, st- we still face today so the first one was three witches the yes. second one was when accused of witchcraft uh, more to the point the second one was Liberty with warrior girls and this one saga is about three girls who tell stories and they change the world around them uh, by telling stories uh, and you never know where those stories are going to end up and so it's it's a tribute to the art of storytelling and it's got Mary Shelley in there and a few oh, interesting I love Mary Shelley. Yeah. yeah so where did you get the inspiration what where
0: did you start with with Hexenhouse?
1: With Hexenhouse I think that was a book I always wanted to write I was fascinated by the stories of the witch hunts when I was a little girl really fascinated by them and I just wondered how it could happen that people could be burned on mass for being witches when it's so ridiculous that I always wanted to write a really good witch story that wasn't Hermione Granger you know magical witches but real women who were accused of that and where that came from, being midwives or healers, that sort of thing, because I, I feel like the blood of those witches runs in me. So that's how it started. And then uh, in talking to my publisher, they said, oh, can you write maybe another book with some more girls? And then I thought about the the three, because I love things in threes. Hmm. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do three books with lots and lots of witches, because that would actually be depressing, just writing about people being persecuted <laughs> constantly. So, Liberty was a bit more uplifting about women who actually got on the front line and fought, and the storytellers, of course, is because I actually believe that we're made up as much of DNA DNA as we are of stories that we're Mm -hmm. told from birth, the stories we tell ourselves, even about ourselves. So, in terms of the inspiration, I think I've got a teenage daughter, and I look at kids these days and, and... You look at people like Emma Gonzalez and Greta and you go, these teenage girls are kicking ass now and they're inspirational and we don't have a lot of girls in our history that we can look back on as role models. So I thought I'll dig some up.
0: So your books have some strong themes of empowerment and encouragement for women. I kind of believe that I want to be the woman that I needed myself when I was young. Is that that's what you're trying to do in your books?
1: That's getting very deep and philosophical. <laughs> uh, but I think probably yes. You know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and I had a mum who went to work. She was a schoolteacher and that was kind of a little bit unusual for women to have babies and go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was inspirational in that way. But I do agree that I think a lot of young people – I was the eldest – of my siblings, and you know, I did miss perhaps having that older sister figure, hmm. uh, someone that you could ask advice for, and that you might, you might be asking advice on something that you wouldn't necessarily want to ask your mother. Yes. But um, so yeah, I think having I didn't really have. I think the only strong role models I had were Blondie and Chrissy Amphlett and Madonna, well, not the rock Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they seem to be, those girls were in a man's world, breaking down barriers and, you know, sticking it to the man Mm -hmm. and I thought they were pretty fabulous. But outside of rock and roll, I couldn't really think of anyone else that, yeah, that I could look up to from a historical point of view. You know, boys have got all these stories about Ned Kelly and all, Mm -hmm. you know, Alexander the Great and all these heroes throughout history and, we had like I, it was Joan of Arc or Queen Elizabeth the yes. 1st and they were great but there weren't many of them mm. so yeah i think i was writing girl characters that i wish i'd been able to read about when i was young
0: and do you have a favorite character from your sister saga trilogy
1: well it's really hard because when you write characters they become like your children they do and i love them all i'll say i love them all very differently um, in terms of relating to them, I think in each book there is usually one that I probably draw most from my own self or the, or write the way I wish I was maybe. But I think in my final one, in Saga, the character of Mercy, who was a nanny storyteller in Gothic England and she became friends with Mary Shelley and moved in that circle, although she was an orphan. Um, and that story resonates with me, but that's probably because I'm pretty drawn to Mary Shelley and Gothic mm. horror literature.
0: Oh, okay. So if people want to purchase your books, Nikki, where can they find them?
1: Uh I think there's lots of places online, Booktopia, Book Depository, uh, Dimmix, all those sort of things. And it's in all good bookshops, one would hope. Yeah, just I think, you know, just about every bookstore, if it's not on the shelves, they can order it in. So Great. feel free for your listeners to go out and buy them in bulk for Christmas. <laughs>
0: And now I know that you've just released Saga, but what's next for Nicky McWatters?
1: Whoa, after finishing that three, the trilogy, in a very short period of time, like they were all out in less than three years, I was really thinking I'd get into some adult fiction, but strangely I've been drawn back into the idea of historical stuff mm. and Strong Girls, and I'm actually, I started today on a new book uh, that looks at the, the hardship of two convict girls who came out in the second fleet. Oh, that sounds exciting. It is, so I'm going to be throwing myself back into that crazy amount of research. But it's, you know, that's another thing I think in Australia when I was growing up, I always thought these stories of um, the Irish Rebellion and Queen Elizabeth and Joan of Arc were exciting And thrilling, and I felt like we didn't have anything interesting. We didn't have the Wild West or anything happening here. And, of course, we did have lots of interesting things happening. And what those convict girls went through coming out here, when you look at it, it's not this romantic thing where they fling their hair back and they're wearing bodices. You know, they had their heads basically shaved and they were covered in lice. It was really strong girls to survive such things. So it's kind of a bit like Hexen House at Sea (laughs) with the... (laughs) so it's going to be reality well I like that I like brutal raw reality Mm -hmm. um and I think that's important for particularly for teenage readers because I think they need to know how hard people struggled in the past which has allowed us to have the lifestyle that we do today Mm -hmm. so I like to you know get it real get it out there and um Maybe shock a little bit too, but it's also a tribute to those women who went through that sort of thing. And the whole – most of the book will be set at sea. I'll be seasick by the end of it.
0: <laughs> you do know uh, when I read Hexen House, it was on a cruise.
1: Oh, took really? took me
0: on holiday. <laughs> yes.
1: Sorry. Oh, she's been out on a boat floating about. How wonderful.
0: <laughs> okay, so now I've got my quick fire round of questions mm-hmm. for you. First off, what was your favourite book growing up?
1: My first – favorite book was Wuthering Heights.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah, but a
1: very close second was To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh,
0: that's a good one too.
1: Yeah.
0: And if you could be any book character, who would it be?
1: Probably Catherine from Wuthering Heights in that she was quite flawed and willful and stubborn. She didn't fit into any box and, um, I like reading about flawed characters. (laughs) Maybe it makes me feel better about myself. Much more interesting than flawed
0: characters. Yeah,
1: there's nothing worse than having characters that that are two-dimensional and they're all good or they're all villainous. And she was a bit of a villain and she was a bit of a scatterbrain and she was passionate and she was a melting pot of things and I just found her to be very real Mm. and I think it was her passion. Yep. Yeah, to her.
0: Um, So what are you reading right now?
1: I am reading, having just done a debate in Canberra with some other um, authors, I'm reading Perfect Motion by O. Lenine, and it's a book on how walking makes us wiser, a whole book on how the art and act of walking um, has shaped our evolution. He walked through the Himalayas for about seven years. Wow. Um, And so it's a beautifully written, fascinating book about walking. (laughs) Is that going to get
0: you out walking?
1: You know what? It's inspiring me to, to do that because I, I was unwell and I wasn't able to walk for a while last mm. year. And so reading this book is making me want to walk around the Himalayas. I'm a little not quite there yet. I'm just going down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's a start.
0: Are you better now is the question. Pretty
1: much, pretty yes. much, but I'm not quite at the point of walking around the Himalayas.
0: We want more Nicky McWatters, so it's good yes. that you're well.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, if you could invite five literary people to dinner, who would they be?
1: Mm, I think I would have to put Mary Shelley in there.
0: Oh, she'd be amazing she'd, to have for dinner. she
1: tell oh, some good stories, dinner. scary stories over dinner. Mm. Uh, Anne Radcliffe, who's another character in my book, uh, is someone that I stumbled upon in my research. And lately, every time I go to an event, I dress up as her. <laughs> people just go, who is this weird gothic... Victorian woman walking in and they don't even go why are you dressed like that I, they just don't ask but um they she just was think the, it's you yeah exactly <laughs> but maybe that is me now she was the first she started the gothic horror genre mm-hmm. and in her day she was the J.K. Rowling of her day in the early 1800s the biggest selling writer getting the biggest advances making all the money and she lived as a a, a recluse in some beautiful gothic castle and, you know, there were always stories about her being dead or being locked up and and being crazy, but she was just really shy. But she was a fascinating person. That's two. Yes. Um, I would have to have J.K. Rowling just so I could yeah. hit her up her alone. Yes. Oh, who else? I'm saying women, but that's okay, isn't it? Um, you can have
0: a, a chick dinner. That's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be fun. Oh, actually, I'd have to have Shakespeare. We'll let an yes. honorary bloke mm. come along. I just love to know if he actually used to speak like that <laughs> poetically. <laughs> it would
0: be interesting
1: <laughs> and, to hear him speak. It would be. It would be fascinating. And maybe Edgar Allan Poe because oh, you know Oh, what a lineup. Yeah, just so we could all laugh at him and go what a negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I think he had a pretty sad ending, poor old Edgar Allan Poe, so I think he died yeah, well, unhappily.
1: if you read my books, I'm, I'm a little partial to the occasional sad ending too. Yes.
0: <laughs> I like, I like to make my
1: readers cry.
0: Okay, so now here's another deep question for you. Okay. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back to the beginning of your writing journey?
1: What like when I was four, because that's probably <laughs> when I did start writing. I, I was always writing from when I was a, a kid. I was reading short stories to my friends while they rolled their eyes. And and apparently, I don't recall this, but in year eight or nine, whenever we did short stories, I'd write really, really erotic, over-the-top ones and read them aloud to the nuns. <laughs> 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 this is what my school friends tell me. I can't I believe know. it. But, Have um, you
0: blocked it out?
1: Maybe. I don't know if you've read one way or another. I, I still did it when I grew up. But um, uh, what advice? Do it earlier. You know, don't get not don't let rejection knock you down because it really is part of it and it thickens your skin. You know, I ran away from following my dream after about five or six rejections and it's like if you're going to be a writer, you're going to have to get up there with the 500, 5,000 rejections before you get your foot in the door. Mm. Um, so I'd say don't be disheartened, persevere. And I read the first full manuscript of a novel that I wrote uh, recently, but I wrote it about 20 years ago, and it's terrible. It's so <laughs> terrible, but it's beautifully terrible. And you can see how just persistence and constant writing will develop that craft. So, yeah, the advice would be don't give up, just write, 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 write. You can't help but get better if you're just doing it.
0: Mm. That's. I really feel passionate about inspiring other writers, and even though I'm still on my journey myself, I, I'm like, oh, I just want to spread the word and ignite the world. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, well, uh, well, stories stories make the world go round, don't they?
0: Yes, yes. But you've definitely written some beautiful stories, Nikki. That I really want to thank, wanna thank you. you for coming on Totally Lit tonight.
1: It's so exciting. Thank you. And best of luck with it all. I think it's a fabulous idea. Wonderful podcast.
0: Thank you, Nikki.
1: Road Road trip. trip.
0: Brisbane Supernova, Totally Lit, is here. We're in the house today. We're going to have a check out of the author alley and see what wonderful authors we can bump into accidentally. I'm here at the Aussie Speculative Fiction Stand. I'm here with Pamela Japs, who's a, a Aussie Speculative Fiction author. How are you today,
2: Pamela? I'm good, thanks, Kylie. How are you going at the stand today? Oh, it's been great. It's been quite busy, and we've um, got lots of people interested in all different types of books. So, yeah, it's great to have those conversations with everyone. And what books have you got here today? I've got two short story collections here today. My debut one, which is Red Hour and Other Strange Tales, which is a mixture of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. And my newest one, called Saloons and Stardust, which is um, science fiction and weird western collection of stories. And there's a piece in that uh, anthology that has won an award, is that correct? Both Sorry, both anthologies have a Aurealis-nominated story in it, So just kind of exciting, super exciting. So Saloons has Cards and Steel Hearts, which is um, about a Native American girl who has a, a secret, which is kind of exciting. And Red Hour has a story called The Fallen, which is about an android in a post-apocalyptic landscape.
0: And where can uh, our listeners find your work if they would like to purchase any of your anthologies? Um, I'm on Amazon, so you can just search for Pamela Jeffs and my books will come up there.
2: And do you have any projects coming up that you'd like to tell us about? I do. I have one final collection coming up this year. It's called Five Dragons. It's a series of five stories themed around dragons, but the um, the stories connect to each other, so it reads sort of like as a novella when you read them together. Yeah, I'm really excited about that, and that's coming out on the 1st of December.
0: And I have had a sneak peek of the cover, and it looks amazing. Are you happy
2: with the cover, Pam? I'm really excited about that cover, yeah. I love it.
0: Well, thank you very much for speaking to us um, at Totally Lit. Thank you. No worries. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm here with Claire Fitzpatrick, a speculative fiction writer. Claire, do you want to tell us about your work? Sure, so my latest
3: collection, uh, Metamorphosis, that came out from IFWG Publishing Australia and International as well. Um, I write body horror, so a lot of it is like, so body horror through like horror, science fiction, and uh, like dark fantasy. And a lot of my writing um, is about myself, so it's a very personal writing. Um, I write about my epilepsy, uh, my BPD, my daughter. Um, so it's a really kind of, yeah, cathartic process. So so we
0: get a special part of you in your work, is that right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, I think a lot of authors, like, if you put yourself into your writing, be honest with your writing, and then a lot of people enjoy it more. Like, I know that's what I like to read. So just honesty and then mix it with horror
0: and a lot of gore I'm a little bit the same if you ever read my work it's nearly always me
3: yeah yeah like all all the characters are myself (laughs) just a little bit and um, but yeah I like writing a lot of gory things and um, you know limbs coming off but it's all like you know um, metaphorical in a way like that
0: and if people would like to find your work, where can they find you? Well, if you just,
3: I have a website, so it's just clairefitzpatrick.com. I com no, I think it's .com. Um, or you can just Google me, so Claire Fitzpatrick Horror will come up. And so I'm on, like, Amazon and, um, like, just Kindle. And you can buy me in certain bookshops. Um... Generally, like Big W. (laughs) I'm like, you know, Kmart. That's my dream to be in Big W. (laughs) It's really weird. It's weird just seeing myself there. Um, But I'm also in the library. So, um, in Redland City Libraries and Brisbane City Libraries. So, um, yeah. So, just find me there. Um, And how scary are your horror stories? Pretty scary. (laughs) Well, they're quite graphic. So, like with body horror. Um, it's, but it's, yeah, it's it's more um, scary through um, the fact that it's, uh, you know, personal and like these things could happen to anybody and it's and, like, um yeah, I'd just say scary through its graphic nature and a lot of it is about like, you know, metamorphosis in self and... Um, the way you develop as a person and things like that, so... I guess scary in the terms of its graphicness, but more about human nature, the human condition and stuff like that, so... Can't walk very yeah, though. hopefully people like it.
0: <laughs> Some people pray. like to be scared.
3: <laughs> yeah, which is a really good thing, which is, I think it's a really great uh, way to, to be scared naturally, like it's, like you can control that fear through your writing, which is good, and... Yeah, it makes you feel great, like endorphins and things like that. It's like it's a good scary, you know. It's it's good being scared by
0: things that you can control. So yeah, I'm scared. (laughs) Fantastic! Thank you so much for talking to me, Claire. Have a lovely day. Bye. Hi, I'm here with Aiki Flintart uh, from Aussie Speculative Fiction. Um, Tell
4: us about your work. Yeah, look, we're the Aussie Speculative Fiction Team are just a group of a loose affiliation of Australian authors. Uh, at the moment we have a Facebook page and there's also a website and we're really just here to support each other to help lift other Aussie authors into the awareness of the public and make sure everybody sees how great the work is that Aussie authors are producing in the horror of fantasy and science fiction. And if someone would like to get involved with your group, how would they contact you? Probably the easiest way is on the Facebook page, which is Australian Speculative Fiction say that three times past. Uh, and the moderator is Alana Andrews. She's the one who sort of runs it all. We're just helping out with this supernova. She's been running a lot of the other ones. And it's an incredibly supportive group. They're really good. And do you have any of your own work here today? Yes, I've got three. I've got my urban fantasy, and which is uh, Shadow's Wake, and a science, fiction, science fantasy future world, which is called Iron, and a kid's book called ATAD. So...
0: And if people wanted to find your work, where would they find you?
4: We are at Stand 93 in Brisbane Supernova, and it is a bumping huge place tonight, today. So if you want to come down, come down soon, because we are selling books fast. And do you have a Facebook page or website of your own? Yep, I've got both. So you can find me as Ike Flintart or www.ikflintart.com. Thank you for having me. No
5: problems. Thanks for coming.
0: I'm here with Karen a Child Empowerment Author. Um, how are you today, Karen? I'm really well, thanks, Kylie. Lovely to see you again. It's lovely to see you as well. Um, and I'll just describe for our listeners that Karen has beautiful blue wings on at the moment and beautiful blue wig um, because she's promoting Songbird Great Barrier Reef Rescue today. Do you want to tell us more about your books, Karen? Oh, hi there. I write books to empower kids to live strong.
6: Um, I, th- I suppose my three big themes would be bully prevention, saving the environment, and also resilience slash um, self-care.
0: And if people wanted to find your books, Karen, where can they find them? Um, on my website, karentyrell.com. Can you tell me about your latest
6: book, please, Karen? Okay. My latest book is called Great Barrier Reef Rescue, and it's about a girl whose name is Songbird, or AKA Rosella Ava Bird. And she, in book one, she was a bullied girl, and she learns her what that she can fly, and that she's half girl, half bird. And after, and then she becomes, um, then she so sort of saves the school from the bully. And from book two onwards, she's saving different parts of the environment. Uh, book two she's saving the bees book three she's saving um the rainforest and book four she's saving the great barrier reef thank goodness for songbird we need (laughs) We, we all need a songbird she's a little bit like greta the wonderful greta who is out there um help encouraging people to care for the environment thank you so much for your um books karen we love them Thank you. I I just I just love going out into schools and and meeting kids at at the at Supernova, which is where we are today, and going to libraries and festivals whenever wherever schools and, and families want us to go. And thank you
0: for being on Totally Lit. Hi listeners, I'm here with
5: Kylie Chan. Um, Hi Kylie, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. How's Supernova for you today? It's being a terrific show. So many people, Brisbane people, are really into the Supernova vibe. And um, what books are you promoting here today? The biggest book I'm promoting right now is the second book in the Dragon Empire series. The first one has been out for a year. The second one has just come out. And that's my new science fiction with Space Dragons. Space Dragons?
0: Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Oh, my goodness. And have you got anything in the pipeline you'd like to share with us, Kylie?
5: Absolutely. My nine-book Dark Heaven series, which I first published in 2006, is finally having audiobooks made by HarperCollins, and the first one will be released January of next year, so that's something to watch out for. And if listeners would like to find your work, where can they find you, Kylie? Absolutely, at KylieChan.com. All my social media links are there. Fantastic. Thank you for being on Totally Lit. My pleasure.
0: I'm here with Tracy Harding, who writes science fantasy. How are you today, Tracy? I'm very well, thank you. Can you tell me about your books that you've got here today at Supernova? Uh, These
7: 21 books we've got in front of us. (laughs) 21 books? There's a lot, isn't there? (laughs) That is amazing. But um, I do a lot of time travel. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of history. Mm -hmm. Um, My characters will go absolutely everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been to outer space, inner space, the underworld, the other world, different dimensions different um, consciousnesses um, but yeah so it's there's a lot of esoteric in there as well yes. as in um, a lot of people think esoteric means a cult and it doesn't mm-hmm. it means um, all that is unknown so okay. even time travel would come under esoteric so my books are filled with a lot of um, time travel I mean I've got one series that's 13 books long. I thought it was the, thirteen books. I thought it was going to be a short story when I started. It. The
0: never-ending story. <laughs> yeah,
7: exactly. Because we started in um, on this planet, um, time traveling, and then we ended up, you know, going interstellar. Then we ended up doing other universes, and then we started jumping universes and incarnations. So it's um, and a lot of my characters come back. So it's nice, even when they get killed off. There's a good chance you'll find them again somewhere you can bring them back that's right they can come back that's that's talented it is isn't it so yeah I love reincarnation and I love karma and how it works and so yeah so I do a lot of um, there's a lot of spiritualism I think it, uh, underlying everything as well so um, the people that tend to like my books um, are people that are you know fairly deep like they like to go deep and um, look at the kind of bigger questions in life I
0: think and the knowledge that you've got to put into your books is that from reading
7: yourself yeah I've read a lot of uh, theosophical texts a lot of quantum physics and they're actually surprisingly similar it's just that um, people that were right especially the theosophical texts like Blavatsky who started the Theosophical Society um, you know she was speaking in terms of quantum physics but just not using the same terminology all that terminology came along later with scientists and um, but After reading her, I found it much easier to understand quantum theory and draw the parallels between the two. So I made an easy jump from just writing with um, an esoteric base to actually bringing in the quantum physics because that was just reaffirming everything that I'd said before.
0: That sounds amazing. I must <laughs> confess that I do not understand quantum <laughs> physics. So, but maybe reading your books, I might start to. Exactly. And now you're also a video podcaster. Would you like to tell us about that?
7: Well, I started a YouTube channel this year just for fun, really. I just thought, okay, well, why not do some writing tutorials? Because I have a lot of um, people that I do um, like personal one-on-ones with. Like I do Skype chats, um, mentoring. And so I thought I'd just do a general um, podcast for, or not podcast, a blog about uh, writing, which is on YouTube. It's called Writing Your Reality with Tracy Harding. Um, There's about nine episodes there that takes you right through from starting to write a book, um, getting over writer's block, frequently asked questions, how to write characters, locations, action sequences, um, how to publish, how to present your work, all that sort of stuff so I covered just about all of that I've also done some vlogs about my books different books I think we're up to about book five or six at the moment and um, you know there's some spiritual stuff on there as in um, I've done videos about all the different moon cycles and I've done some stuff on the different bodies planes of mankind and um, soul mates and stuff like that And I've also done some author interviews because I have a lot of author friends and I wanted to investigate not just publishing from um, a professional point of view, like as in getting picked up by one of the big publishers or an agent, but also about self-publishing and stuff.
0: And if people would like to find your work, how can they find you?
7: Well, you can find me on Facebook. I'm under Tracy Harding Fans, or I have a store called All Things Tracy that's on Facebook as well. I also have a website, Tracy Harding, and um, a store, an online store called All Things Tracy. I'm also on YouTube um, under Tracy Harding, and I'm also on Patreon under Tracy Harding.
0: That's a lot of Tracy Harding.
7: Oh, no, there's a lot. <laughs> oh,
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm totally lit. You're very welcome. Book, book review. review. Introducing our resident book reviewer, Inda Amid Sabri. Inda believes in a world of wonder. She lives in Brisbane, where she illustrates and writes for children and adults. Her stories are inspired by natural and cultural gems curated from her travels and lovingly added to her Malaysian heritage. She is also a surgical doctor, swapping her writer's hat and paintbrush for scrubs and scalpel when Judy calls. Take it away, Inda.
8: Hi, everyone. This is Inda with another picture book review. Here in Australia, we're in for a long and hot summer. If it's any consolation though, it's the perfect time to be looking for cicadas. You've probably heard them buzzing in hidden spaces. These insects are big and bizarre and have the craziest life cycle ever. And I learned all of this and more from a picture book by Leslie Gibbs and Judy Watson, published by Walker Books and titled Searching for Cicadas. Although Leslie has enlightened us before on hibernating bears and live whale births, Searching for Cicadas is her first truly nonfiction book. It's still written as a narrative, with a boy as a main character, going camping with his grandpa in a forest reserve. Grandpa teaches him all about cicadas, and he dreams about finding the rarest one, called the Black Prince. Each double-page spread is complemented with a factual strand that provides information about the cicada's anatomy, habitat, behavior, and life cycle. Judy's illustrations immediately evoke the ambiance of the great outdoors and she really captures the special relationship between the character and grandpa. I could feel the warmth of long summer days dedicated to searching in the bush, making new discoveries, and just lying back in the grass. Her exquisite gestural lines in bold ink and vivid color washes were perfect for this story. And her cicadas, whether it's a black prince, a green grocer, or yellow Monday, are glorious. The book aims to be educational in a gentlest sense. I feel that any young reader will be able to tag along on this camping trip, learn a lot about bugs, and join in on the satisfaction of making a rare discovery. And curious nature lovers are going to lap it up and ask for more. I also like the handy index at the end for different species, cicada behavior, and body parts. So with that, I wish you happy cicada hunting this summer. Stay cool, stay safe, and keep reading. Bye! What's, What's on? on? Shh. Discover the
0: secrets of comedy writing. Comedy Writing Masterclass, Brisbane, December 7th and 8th. How to write narrative comedy for movies, sitcoms, stand up web series, books and plays. Beginners or professionals are all welcome. Everyone can enjoy and learn from the course. How to create comic characters and stories. Secrets to writing funny dialogue and comic situations. Develop your comedy concepts and pitch documents. Write comedy scripts that sell. Tim Ferguson is one of Australia's most successful international comedians and screenwriting teachers. Tim teaches comedy screenwriting at New York University and afters. When? 9 till 5 pm, Saturday 7th and Sunday 8th of December. Where? The Edge Innovation Lab, State Library of Queensland. For bookings, go to Tim's website, www.cheekymonkeycomedy.com. Whew, what an episode! Nikki McWatters, Supernova, The Wonderful Inda. <sighs> I have something exciting to announce. The winner of our spectacular stories, Thrilling Tales for Brave Kids, is the wonderful Annalise Burt. That's right, Annalise. I'll email you and we can get in touch and I'll send you the wonderful copy signed by the authors and that's a wrap thank you everyone for listening to Totally Lit